Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we're continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series Secret Invasion, Episode 4, Beloved. So beloved. I don't know about this show being beloved, but we're we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get into that. But first, but first, we have the super producer with us, Jake Christie's in the house wearing quite the hat. Jake, how are you? Thank you. Uh, uh, in a previous life, and by that I mean my freshman year of college, I collected hats of teams that don't exist anymore. So there's, of course, a Harvard Whalers hat, mostly just because I grabbed it quickly and I couldn't find my Vancouver Grizzlies hat. Well, there you go. How about that? Nice nice little fun fact right there. And returning this week, a friend of the show, Rod Morrow, a.k.a. the black guy who tips. Rod, welcome back. How you doing, sir? Hey, glad to be back, man. Uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all. That's all. Of, co- of course, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we let's let's jump right in, cause okay. So I was thinking about this while I was watching the episode the second time, because I like to watch these twice before we do these shows. And I think the thing that kind of stood out to me the most about my own feeling about it was similar to episode three, where it's like I feel good about some of the stuff that's happening on the screen. I'm enjoying some of the stuff that's happening on the screen. And yet there is this feeling of emptiness. I don't know why. Is it something in particular? But it makes me feel a type of way about where I leave the episode. And I feel like I should have felt more. I should have felt something different emotional wise. And I think that's the thing about the MCU. The MCU to this current time has had a lot of instances where we have become close to characters, close to storylines, and gotten to the point where we, you know, feel some type of either, whether it's kinship or type of emotional value in the stuff that we see happening on screen. I'm not feeling it with this, and I'm not sure why. Uh, Rod, if, if, you, if you agree, disagree, however, how would you characterize your feeling as you watch episode four? Um, I mean, I think... I think I'm kind of into, like phase of i still like a lot of this marvel stuff and i still enjoy the universe so i'm enjoying the program uh just because it furthers that you know um but at the same time like it's not uh it's not like when i watched miss marvel and it felt so new and different and kind of hit the ground running and i was like oh my god and and i think part of that is the function of the fact that these are older characters that we know so there's a responsibility of the script and the and the and the show to kind of keep them in a certain lane like you don't want to get deviate too far from what you've done or else yeah. it's just kind of like you throw everything away uh so uh i think maybe part of this is we're returning to like baseline mcu stuff and, and we and yeah. uh for the last few times it felt like we've been branching out we've been she hulk miss marvel uh moon knight like so i think this one doesn't feel different enough it feels almost like a throwback to the 2010 or whatever no that's it that's interesting jake how about you i think that it just there's a lot of tension that's kind of missing because i was thinking about like the good, good political thrillers and the difference between that and this and this is not necessarily a death knell of the show but like usually a political thriller is about one or two people who know what's something that's going to happen and they're furiously trying to stop it. I feel like it's really hard to make tension when the point when it seems like the whole point is that Nick Fury doesn't know what's going to happen. Like he's always a step behind. And so, like, I think I was thinking about today is like, why couldn't I asked me like, why did episodes three and four need to be separate episodes? 
and then that made me think, why are, like, is there an actual explanation of why the scrolls wanted to do the submarine attack if they were going to try to kill the president anyway? Yeah. Like, why? Like, and, and I think that, like, there is, I'm, I'm sure that you could come up with an explanation. I'm sure they could give one. But I feel like, like a lot of these Marvel shows, they are sacrificing narrative propulsion by withholding things to try to surprise you later. Like, I we should know way more about what the scroll's master plan is at this point in order for there to be narrative tension. The fact that we still are like, what are they gonna do? What do like I just don't it it just makes me like not that interested in I'm a graphic is an interesting character because he's like so captivating. But what is his ultimate goal besides just destroy all humans? Why does he want to do this, that, or the other? Um you know, there's none of the that, that it's just exciting when you have when there's like a race against time when there's a one man against the system and yeah Nick Fury's the one man against the system but he knows less than the system does and so um yeah like I said it just if Nick Fury is the protagonist of the show and he is then it almost feels like everything in the show is just happening to him he is making nothing happen in the show yeah and I'll go back to the thing that I said last week and when you talk about the withholding Jake to me again the not knowing specifically why Fury has been up there this entire time has held the story back a lot in a way that you can't really know or feel the type of tension from his side of it because there's a lot of things that he's doing where, like you said, he's reacting to things as opposed to doing things in doing things in advance. So it's 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 tough to kind of get like a real feel and i mean i'll be honest myself the the scenes with he and his wife are not landing or just don't land in a way that they should especially you know you're reading a poem and you're you're really getting into the uh, trying to get into the romantic aspect of it and it doesn't feel like that at all it feels more perfunctory as opposed to something that's supposed to be meaningful so I think this is I think there is something with the writing in terms of Nick Fury's character that I think that they have they have uh misstepped on clearly. And I think it has I think it definitely has hurt the show. I think it's too to me we've gotten to the point where now we're two thirds of the way. We have two episodes left. Yes, things have happened, things are going on, but it does not feel like we are arriving at a place where I can't wait for episode five because we want to see what happens next. It's more like episode five is continuing. We'll see what happens next. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of feel to, to it, but I do want to hit this point. Go. I want to hit this point first to, to start. So the biggest thing that comes out of this so far is that uh, Rhodey is a scroll. We'll get to the tale of stuff a little bit later. Rhodey, Rhodey is confirmed to be a scroll. So we've had this conversation for a couple of weeks now, wondering if this is so, when did this occur? We'll get to that in a second, but the reveal of him being a scroll in this case, uh, being a woman scroll in this case, was very interesting and in a lot of ways funny. Now, Rod, I know you posted mm-hmm. earlier that you had some thoughts about uh, race and scrolls. And in, yeah. in, in this particular uh, project and how that's worked, uh, give me your thoughts and I want to bounce off of you. Okay, I got a few, right? So, mm-hmm. one with them saying they were mirroring the Russians as like propaganda and infiltrating, uh, you know, the United States governments and all this different stuff. 
uh, it's interesting because they said they were going to go loud like the Russians. And I was like, I would argue the Russians are not loud anymore. <laughs> they they use surreptitious means to manipulate their uh, foreign opponents. Right. But um, but they so when they did that whole like big shootout thing, I was like, that doesn't feel like people would be like, that's Russia. Um, but it did feel like the other stuff they do naturally as scrolls feel like Russian propaganda infiltration type of things where like Russia uses schisms of like uh that already exist in somebody's society to and they manipulate it. So they'll they post a lot of like racial social media stuff yeah. because there are black people who obviously have animus towards America based on like factual racial stuff that has happened. But then Russia wants to to push that so that, you know, the uh party they don't want to be in power doesn't get in power, right? And so Seeing scrolls adapt to the world, see the difference in race, choose to be black to infiltrate Sam Jackson, um, the government to use the racial like conversations between Sam Jackson and Rhodey, knowing they're not black and they don't have any like black race. If that actually felt very Russian like, like, like. Hey, whatever it takes, you know, I love that they acknowledge that the wife saw that Sam was into black women and was like, all right, I know how to get his defenses down. That's like, to me, like the more interesting stuff that is happening in the show is stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I was worried the show would be racially tone deaf. And, it, and instead, I'm finding it to be kind of smart. Like, that's very racially aware to to say we know this black man has a, a, a preference of dating black women. We're going to use that. But I'm not black. I'm actually manipulating him. I am a spy. And I'm doing this on purpose. And and I'm telling, like, the audience knows. He knows. When he's pissed about it, that's part of what he's pissed about. He feels foolish for having the, for letting that happen. And I, I thought that, that yeah. those are the moments I l- want to explore. Like, I like a longer, I know that's not fighting and it's not Marvel, but that's real life compelling to me. To be like, how does race work in the Marvel world? Especially after we've had, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that. I, I'm interested in race right. in the Marvel world. Uh, Black Panther. Like, we, they have talked about it. And I think that's this is a good place to talk about it. Um, so that's one part of it. The second part of it is the, as Black coded as, I feel like this series is the blackest roadies ever talked. Like, like he's been in other things, but like this, like, listen, brother, and then see that that's just like a scroll that is doing all that, like, brother speak is it that feels weird to me in a way that I'm just, I just, and, and, like, I don't care that she's a woman in that, uh, it like it doesn't matter to me that so, like, I actually think that's an interesting thing. I think you could, no, it is, especially yeah. the way that she like hates going back to being a human after taking her shower. That was like a really, once again. Those are dope moments. Like yeah. they should concentrate more on like the 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 way that scrolls hate having to like not be themselves here, as opposed to like the I don't know trying to rush it through to be like it's Russians and we're blowing shit up. So anyway, all that stuff to say, those two racial yeah. elements to me are interesting, and I definitely need them by episode six to tell us when. And I'm sure they're going to. When has Rhodey been yeah. replaced? Because this better not be all the way back to when every time we've seen Rhodey, he was not a black man. He was just a scroll because that's, 
I think that that eviscerates the character. It takes away so many moments with that character that people love. And so I hope they don't do that. No, I mean, it's it's cultural appropriation. (laughs) That's great. It it honestly does. It does feel like when you see someone online who is clearly a white person pretending to be black, do they use different expressions correctly? No, the verbiage. Oh, my God. Jake, let me tell you, man. And Ron, let me tell you, man, when he's talking about, he, he's talking to Vera and he's talking about the, he's using the wrestling jargon with a, a Undertaker DDT from the top row. First of all, Undertaker don't do no damn DDT right. from the top row. Right. What are you talking about? Who wrote that line? God right. damn it. What's wrong with you? And then. <laughs> and they're in and like a I, white yeah, church yeah. that is singing a Negro spiritual. Like, <laughs> like, and so, like I said, if it's purposeful. That is really intelligent, incisive, like subliminal thought. Like to, like to t- message your audience. Like we're aware that this is basically like white people acting black. I'm like, yo, that that is really deep. If it's just like we thought it was cool, and I hope it's just not. If we thought it was cool, then that is really, really stupid, and you kind of missed the point, you know? Yeah, it, it just makes me wonder because it's like. You know, he's having the back and forth with uh, fake Rhodey is having the back and forth with uh, with Fury. And then it, it just makes me wonder, it, was he really uh, Don Cornelius all along? <laughs> right. I mean, that is one good thing is if they depending on when they replaced him, if they bring him back, we can be like, OK, he really wasn't selling everybody out like like he was not a coon. That was scroll machinations. If 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 that is you know what I'm saying if they if that is how they uh, choose to show like oh he was replaced after Endgame and every action he's had since then or maybe even after Falcon and Winter Soldier but every action he's had after then that's suspect we don't have to count that for the real James Rose but man it's, they can mess this up a lot of ways and I I really just hope they don't they could here's because if they, here's another yeah, thing I want to ask you AC yeah, yeah go ahead do you also feel like Nick Fury has been written way more blacker than he was before? way more okay way, yeah way more it's a lot of like little stuff like i'm 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 not being racially paranoid but it's just like a lot of scenes where i'm like okay nick fury is like super cia spy guy that happens to be cool he's not like cool guy that happens to be super spy like he's like you out your reptilian ass mind and like <laughs> you know what i'm saying pull up and grab a glass brother i'm like man he's like one episode of dropping the n-word on here what's that i will say i i think i think the pull up and grab a glass i think he since he's aware he knows that roadie's a scroll at that point yeah. i think he's mocking the way that fake yes. roadie is going over the is, top yes him. yes yes that i love that scene like i the stuff I love, I feel, and I really do love it. The stuff I love is this kind of stuff. It, I, it's it's yeah. weird to say the Marvel stuff is the stuff I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess scrolls or something. It's, <laughs> I, and I think right now you and I are probably similar on this, but like, I think that one of the things that's very annoying with popular sci-fi fantasy entertainment, I understand why it's the case, but like, whenever they introduce like a sci-fi element like the scrolls, I want them to explore every rule and every like different permutation and the ways that it works. And I understand that that's not interesting to everyone. I know some people find it confusing or boring. It's why people don't like tenant and they're wrong. But the thing is, it's it's a big known conversation happening. And I'm just saying it's a movie that's great, but the, um, I think that there's so much stuff that, 
is interesting from the scroll perspective that they're kind of just yada yadaing because the show is about Nick Fury. And I get that the show is about Nick Fury, but the line that the thing that circled me this whole time is when um, Nick Fury's wife, I apologize, I forget, Vara is her name. Um, Vara, scroll name Priscilla. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that she mentions that when Priscilla, the actual Priscilla, was dying, one of the things she promised her was that she would be the daughter to Priscilla's parents. That, what that is like. No offense to the writers of the show. That is that scenario of her trying to pretend to be this daughter while being an alien, while still trying yes. to be like a spy scroll, is more interesting than anything that has happened in the show. Also, along those yeah. lines, too, um, when they absorb someone's mind or whatever, right. you would assume they also absorb some of their thoughts about race, their experiences, and stuff yeah. like that. And that should inform them going forward. But it would also inform them of how big a fucking betrayal it is to do some of these things. And it feels like there's no... And maybe that's what they were alluding to last episode when they talk about the lack of empathy that they have as a race compared to humans. Maybe that's what they mean is like, whatever... We don't even care that you're that Nick Fury... Part of this betrayal to Nick Fury is deeper than just a wife. It's like, y'all use my race to manipulate me, you know? Mm. I think you can make the arguments, and this is the thing that you have to, that I'm making, I'm being more generous to the show than the show is in its own writing, that right. you could say that because they can change faces willy-nilly, they have, no, they cannot conceive of the differences in identities to humans because they can become a black right. person or a white person or an Asian person at will. Right. That is a thing that I am saying that if the show wants that grace, that that's what they mean, that they have to say it. Like, I, I yeah. can say that, but like, I don't know if that's what they mean. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. I'm I'm interested in this. They're not exploring it. And so I'm being forced to like assume. And I've arrived at a similar conclusion of like, they absorb the minds of their people almost like data. Like there's no values placed on it, good or bad. It's just all information you can use. And so therefore the deep personal type of hurt that would happen when you found out like this is a fake black person who's been using our racial like mm-hmm. our racial connectivity to to use me like th- that is a deeper level of hurt i think than just being like even like all the other spy stuff we see that is a deeper and they seem to have like no care for it so i'm like all right i guess they're not going to discuss it and i guess maybe it's because it's not important to them yeah i think i think that's fair and it's one of those things where it is a surface level uh it's a surface level attempt to try and get something out of the viewer from an emotional mm-hmm. standpoint. And I think that's one of the things that this show has uh, failed at, mm-hmm. you know, clearly to me, I think if it, if this show had more of a, not just propulsion and I wouldn't even say action necessarily, but just more of an intent to mm-hmm. kind of get, us to a place where we're understanding the things that are happening on a deeper level as opposed to what seems to be easy i I feel like everything has come easy we've had the end of episode people getting shot it's been very repetitive actually Mm -hmm. um people getting shot or dying at the end of an episode now four consecutive times well Mm -hmm. whether it's uh yeah we've gone that way it it just or feels as, as we like to call it in America Tuesday. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a fair point. It's a fair <laughs> point. It's just um, 
It's very by the numbers. And it's by the numbers in a way that I didn't think that this show was going to be. I thought that this was going to be, you know, the exact opposite of what you've said, which is true, Rod, is that this show feels kind of like basic MCU at the beginning as opposed to the stuff that they've actually tried to take swings on. I thought the show was supposed to be a swing. And mm-hmm. if, if anything, it's a... It it's feels a, it's safe. A, it's, it, no, it feels like a bunt. That's yeah. It, 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 it feels, it feels like, like the safest show they've done so far, and it is weird to say that with multiple characters dying, but like it, it feels more like listen, uh, we got to get some of these actors out of here for phase five or whatever. Like contracts are ending, people ready to go, whatever. It's like all right, cool. Here's your exit package, uh, episode one, episode two. We're gonna get you out of here, man. You've been doing other stuff. So that's a big part of it uh, as well to me. And I think we've also seen so much of this. Like the the, the universe is 13 years old now. This yeah. is stuff that audience is expecting. These aren't twists and turns. We're not like we're not going, oh, man, he died. I can't believe like it's yeah. more like oh, I was wondering when he was going to die. That's how I'm <laughs> feeling when I'm watching this. And that's just not it's not keeping me on the edge of my seat like that. No, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Just, just killing characters is not a twist. That's not how, like, and so, like, it's not a narrative, is it a narrative twist for uh, Talos to get shot and killed? No. Not a narr- narratively a twist at all, because the people who shot and killed them are people who have wanted to kill them this whole time. So, like, right. I think that s- surprise and shock is the easiest, like, shortcut way of making tv interesting and it almost always doesn't work well Mm -hmm. and i think that um this has just been a lot of like series of you know if i'm being completely uncharitable of them shake jingling keys at us being like oh a character died pay attention pay attention this is interesting it's like no make actual stakes make make interesting scenes yada 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 um how did we have a whole episode where fucking academy award winner olivia coleman was not in it i mean Uh these are questions that like that's malpractice what are we doing definitely felt that this week yeah, it did. And it's like one of those things where it was a 37 minute episode with credits, but it did fe- it it didn't feel like it like moved that fast either. No. It's just, you know, stu- and it's again, it's the stuff happening types of things that I didn't I didn't feel like even with MCU TV shows that we have been critiquing mm-hmm. Jake in the past, we haven't I have never felt like this where it just feels like no. stuff is moving from station to station to station to station. Not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I, I think that it, like in the shows that have been most critical, like Falcon and the Soldier, for example, like it was just a lot denser. Like it's mm-hmm. not just that stuff is, it just feels like stuff to stuff. Ha- like not a lot of stuff is happening. Whereas right. Falcon and the Soldier was like globe trotting and had a lot of different themes and we spent a lot of time. Uh, I think once again, I think a huge issue is just that we, I feel like in Falcon Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. we knew basically what the villain's plan was at two episodes in, and I mean that as a good thing. Whereas right. this, it's like they're just giving like hints, like "Ooh, are they are they going to have superpowers? Are they going to?" It's like right. if I don't know what I'm fearing, like are they going to try to blow up the world, or are they going to try to take over the world, or are they going to like at a certain point the if you're going to do it this way, don't show us the villains at all, is my opinion. Because it feels like every time we cut to their base, it feels like they're just trying to like tease us. And it's like, yeah. It, the it, other that, thing, that's why it feels like just stuff happening. Yeah. The other thing, too, is if you're going to... Like, for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they had to drop a plot line about a super virus because of COVID and 
all this like like yeah. I you could that feel it sense. in the script where you're like hmm seem like that would be a bigger more important reason for whatever they're doing but they're mm-hmm. not saying this one they don't I think even the have same that thing excuse. actually happened when this show I think that actually happened uh uh with the Russia bombing it was supposed to be something uh, else and then they changed really it. okay because because like with this one I feel like they're holding back the main plot <laughs> you know what I mean? like like yeah. like the stuff I'm supposed to care about feels like not that important enough and you know we alluded to it last week but it feels like they don't want to come out and do a full like immigration like some like yeah. messaging or something and and i don't know how you can do that it's the scrolls like if to me it seems their ultimate plan is some sort of like not just uh infiltration but like making earth their home you know like living yeah. in their own skin somehow and They've held government positions for years, and yet they've done no legislation towards that. There's no like we see no real inner workings of the scrolls, just shady backroom meetings that where they all like say one cliche line. And we just had one of them. Exactly. Like we don't. Scroll Council should be a should have been a more central figure if you're trying. Like to your point about trying to get the plot across. If you have that being a part of the main plot, as if even if you do one of those teleconference things that Gravik is talking to them and he's always talking to them, talking about their plans, because they just give him the reins and it's like, all right, do your own thing. And that doesn't work either. That's exactly what I was going to say. The inner workings of the scrolls would add plot and tension and, and, and put less weight on the fury tallow swing of everything. It, and we don't even really get to see the inner politics of that. We just see like Gaia is not with it and betrays him. And then kind of low key betrays her dad um, or doesn't commit, doesn't, isn't loyal to her dad. I'll put it that way. Doesn't join the side, but yeah. we don't really see her as like, right. Because we still have a nebulous, like, what does she really want? You know, she wants to live in her skin, but she doesn't want to take over, but she doesn't want to infiltrate, but she uses those tools. Like it's, it's a lot of stuff going on there that I think, Poorly written character, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel oh, like they're, sure. they're letting down. Yeah, they're letting down the actors. Um, I did want to note though, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Knowing that he is as an actor, knowing that his character is being played by a woman's girl, he he's nailing that. Like, like he his is. mannerisms, yeah. the way he does, like his threats, and and it feels like a different embodiment of the character than than before and i i wanted to give him credit for that because i know we kind of talked about him at, uh, for a little bit but i i forgot yeah, to say yeah that. for sure no be, you know it's funny because it's like the way that he turns the the way that he turns on the video of uh of nick shooting uh, maria <laughs> yeah. hill um yeah. the, the way he he kind of skips to it a little bit is mm-hmm. it's pretty good it's pretty the cool. way he sits in the back of the thing with his legs crossed while everyone's shooting and he's just and he's just chilling in the back, like yeah. like 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 it felt like oh yeah that's a that's like a regal woman that is like classy yes. and being like you murder each other and then I'll I'll step in for the aftermath. I'm not getting shot for y'all. <laughs> Can we talk about how apparently uh, he drank half a bottle of uh, that liquor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, if I'm the president. I'm like you're not coming. Like you're my <laughs> you're colonel. Why you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> And like that is such a weird thing to put in there because it was so funny. But the, the scene was supposed to have like all this gravitas. He's quoting like this Russian uh yeah. like, person. 
to the president in but the UK before he gets attacked. You can tell that he's drunk, though, right. because he says, Lenin, the Russia, not the Beatle. Like, he's yeah. clearly... <laughs> right. And, and obviously, in hindsight, what the point of that is to show yeah. that he doesn't actually care because he knows they're going to get blown up beforehand. Right. But still, it is kind of like... Like, I want to know more. I It feels unfortunate. I can imagine... It feels like just the way that the show has gone, that they'll probably just kill this scroll before we get to know her yeah. as a scroll. Yeah. I want to know everything. What is up with this girl's personality that she's yes. like, I haven't, I have to meet the president. I'm going to drink a bottle of this. You liquor. know what? Low key. They don't low key. They can't kill her. Got to bring her back for armor wars or something. Like, we gotta, yeah. like I want to yeah. see Rhodey versus his doppelganger uh, next season or something because that's more interesting to me than what's happening right now. But yeah, that character is now interesting to me because of how everything was played. But yeah, I just thought that was, <clears throat> you know, worth noting that that was some good acting. Uh, I love in the church how it's like you, like you need to. Uh, do something before or it was some it was like a cool line but it was this yeah, posture yeah. in the way he leaned in i was like oh man that's so Got cool. a lot of zest to it <laughs> yeah it was Got real zesty zest i loved it. it man oh and it Rhodes beforehand is probably the least zesty character in the mcu so that's yeah, it's not him. exactly that's how you should like the fact that this motherfucker even has bars or whatever is oh, oh sorry i don't know if y'all curse or not but uh, no, no, yeah. we do. Okay. Uh, also, uh, you know the thing is, he'll uh, Rody, the real Rody will bring her back as a ghostwriter for Armor. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I need some bars. Okay, I got. I was looking real bad out here in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh my god! <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that's the fun. I mean, that's the funny. Hey, listen, man, uh, Rody ain't beating these allegations to me personally because mm. I mean, you got the scroll looking more blacker than he is. I mean, goddamn, what's happening, I man? What's- I know it's an excellent statement on. Uh, what what is performing blackness for people because he's like because i feel like when the real roadie gets back and finds out everybody liked him like this he's gonna be like that's messed up man so because i was getting drunk at work i was more black is that what we're saying (laughs) 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 oh now y'all like me (laughs) get out of here Oh man, salute to Don Chino though. Yeah, that's a good performance by him. And again, like it speaks to like there is good stuff happening. I yeah. just feel like it would be a little bit more cohesive and we, you know, get a little something you going. It's like if you did. Seeing yeah. seeing a show where Don Cheadle and Sam Jackson are giving and Ben Mendelsohn too and Olivia Coleman are giving really good performances. I don't include Amelia Clark just because the character is so poorly written, I can't really right. it's like when you see it's the class it's the thing of like with the Angels where it's like Mike Trout hit two of them on the show, oh Tony struck out fifteen and they lost. It's like <laughs> yes. how yes. Yes. there's yes. all these elements. How are they losing? Yes. That's such a great That's point. It. It's like that Lakers team that lost to Detroit, you know, where it's like on the surface, you're like, man, they got Carl Malone, they got Rick Fox, they got Shaq, they got Kobe. Do you watch, you watch the the sum of it on the court and you're like, oh no, no, those guys are going to lose. (laughs) They're getting cooked out here. Oh my goodness. Oh man. But, um, okay. So let's talk about the Talos death or is it, is he, is it, I really hope that he's actually dead. I, I think he is. Yeah, I think Thank so. God, because if because I really was thinking after they did the Gaia thing from last episode and uh, gave us the exposition that she took the Super Scroll cocktail. Um, mm-hmm. I'll call I call that. Yeah, I do. I knew. Wait, what, yeah, I knew that had to be the case because it was like it. It's like as I was watching it, I was like, and this is the part they're clipping out 
to show us next week. <laughs> like it is yeah. when it when I watched it this week, it, it it filled all in. I was like, okay, yeah, that's exactly what I thought would happen. They're not killing her in episode three. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then so yeah, the the Talos death thing. How do we feel about it? Because when it happened, I felt like it was one of those moments that was supposed to like hit home a little bit more for folks, and I don't think it did. I think Sam Jackson, the look on his face was just incredible. Well, how did you describe it, AC? I described it as if he he left the he looked like he left the oven on and didn't wash the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot to wash the chicken. <laughs> yeah, that was man. So I don't, I, I I get why Talos dies, and I just yeah. I think the reason I didn't feel much in this is because. One, they just really made an ordeal out of him dying. Like he was dying already, dying slow when he got shot. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and like real. the guy that helps is the guy you know in the middle of the battle that was gonna shoot him and, and all this stuff. Um, I just felt like that was kind of a, a waste in a way because I I think there's a more personal way to have that death that maybe mm-hmm. Sam Jackson mm-hmm. has a moment to really like absorb it and give us some acting to the screen um it felt mm-hmm. so procedural like this is the plot time yeah. when this character yeah. dies plot armor is now off of him let's just get the death over with we move to the next uh episode and i think it did a disservice to to both actors there um to not have a more personal intimate moment um like it really would have been cool if uh sam jackson tries to save him and that's how the president gets killed and and then and then Talos still dies, but they have this moment alone, like like where he's trying to like get him to a, a somewhere to get help, like something like yeah. that would have felt more deserving of how the reverence they they put this relationship on top with. I think this relationship was undergirding this show mm-hmm. for the first yeah. three episodes, like four I guess, and it just feels like they tossed him away as opposed to giving him like a send off. And uh, compared to like the relationship with the wife, it's not even close. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish to. I mean, I thought the one thing that was cool, the makeup when he's half scroll, half human, like looked Very great. Good. The guy was like, I mean, that's the, one of the things about Marvel is like VFX aside, and the VFX mostly just look bad because they rushed. But when you're Marvel, you can pay for the best craftspeople. So like the makeup, oh, like the scroll makeup looks incredible in mm-hmm. just always because like it, it, it moves with the faces so well, and this looked really cool. The thing I wanted was a moment where. He's what he's dying in his arms, cheesy as as it is. Where Talos is in his scroll form because he's by all those scrolls, he's the one who's in his scroll form the least. You know, he clearly is like most comfortable. You know, putting on the human skin, um, and making some type of plea to Nick Fury. This is all cheesy stuff, but like they're close friends. They have a like. It just, it's just always less impactful when we just see we see Nick Fury see him die as opposed to having some type of connection what what is the final word that Talos leaves him on you know um mm-hmm. there's just it's a missed opportunity because this is not a character that is f- easily thrown away i think he's you can kill him it's fine like i'm not i don't object to it as a plot point right but it if all it is is just to make fury angrier or feel more hopeless it's like well that's kind of a waste i mean we've been doing that for three episodes exactly exactly it's like how many how full can the fridge get of people to motivate nick fury (laughs) like what are we doing like i i yeah i i it just felt like a disservice to like (laughs) sam jackson like you said but also a disservice to ben mendelson because i think the tales is tales of the character that as written in captain marvel could have been a complete forgettable character and i think he steals Mm -hmm. a lot of scenes in that movie 
And yeah. so clearly, I think they, that's why they gave him such a big role in this. And just like, oh, we're going to have him die unceremoniously? Okay, that sucks. I feel like they're really trying to lean towards it being Gaia's motivation more than even Fury's motivation. Like, she's yeah. going to find yeah. out her dad is dead and then go on some type of rampage or whatever. Yeah. But then it's weird that she wasn't there or involved some kind of way. If Because yeah. I feel like that's where they're going to take it. Because if Fury just drove off like he left his straw at McDonald's or whatever, like, that's yeah. not good. That doesn't, it won't feel right in episode five when he's totally broken up. It's like, well, you didn't seem too broken up at the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, in fairness, he did leave something in his car in the parking lot of Walmart. So he's got to get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the oven on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. If... And 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 I think this is another another part of this another piece of this now is that now with what we know about President Ritson not being president by the time Captain America comes around, so what do they do next? So yeah. it, are they going to just save him, or is he going to die, <laughs> or is he going to get removed somehow? What type of sense is this going to make in terms of just? like narrative narratively speaking so you're supposed to use this this talos death to uh propel fury to be the badass uh one last fight uh mm -hmm. thing that we saw in the trailers and what does this lead to i mean at least the questioning of it intrigues me but at the same time I have been given no confidence that this show can execute that in a way that is meaningful or impactful in any type mm. of way. So, so I mean, so I'm intrigued to see where where yeah. that hap where that goes and where that happens. But I mean, honestly, like, I mean, if, to kind of sum up the episode, it's like we're two we're two thirds of the way through. So yeah, yeah. you know, we got to see where we got to see what what happens in these last two. Um. I will say this, like, Gravik has continued to establish himself as a get-shit-done type of person, um, mm -hmm. like, uh, by all costs, at, at all means. There's no hesitation, He's and he's making sure that Fury sees it every time, like, mm -hmm. hey, looky-looky, right here. I did appreciate <clears throat> how quickly he dropped the ruse after he realized Fury was there. He's just like, all right, forget the Russian mm. thing, guys. Uh, Super Scroll time, you know. It's like, all right, cool, you know. <laughs> like, I, I like that they didn't like quibble over that. I, um, I think also there was just some overt things that, that were they felt uh like they were pushed forward because of the plot and not organic. And the yeah. Russia deception thing felt kind of like that. Like when the attack starts, then like oh, someone literally yells out like it's definitely the Russians or whatever. And you're just like, that's not how that would happen. Even if the, even if Russia did attack us, that's not how it would happen. Like you wouldn't Imagine know until insane. after, like, why are you, that is yeah, insane. When you're, shot at, when, when you're getting shot at your oh, first really? thought is always, Oh, we need to first ascertain who this is shooting at us. Yeah. And then keep in mind is in the UK over their airspace, which also seems like a huge stretch that, you know, maybe, and once again, because we haven't seen as enough about the scrolls, they could. That's a chance to show us. Oh, they've infiltrated the UK, and they have some. I mean, they are the prime minister of the UK. Remember yeah, the but, prime minister of the UK. So. Yeah, but how do you control the airspace though? That takes that that's like true. the yeah, like you know, the president can't be like, guys, don't don't worry about DC today. I got it. Like yeah. there t must be a network somewhere, and it's just it would only take a minute, but just to show. Can I ask like, a question that is. If they're pretending to be the Russians, all right, yeah. and I understand that Russia has a lot of different regions, right? But why is Gravik not 
in the skin of a white person. Right. <laughs> right. Like if anyone survives, it'd be like the leader was a black guy with a fade. And with keep British, in mind, like, what are we in this plan? In this plan, keep in mind, they're gonna ambush an armed patrol and shoot everybody, get into a shootout. Mm-hmm. When they get shot, mm-hmm. they die as scrolls. So it immediately yeah. undoes the Russian thing. It just it, yeah. I just don't understand this choice. And I just it would have been better, honestly, oh and God. freakier if they just showed up as scrolls. Like it would have been yeah. super bananas yeah. if they all hopped off that helicopter as scrolls and started bucking at the president. And then their escape thing was we all hop back on a helicopter, turned into other people. That yeah. would scare the shit out of the world, you know, as opposed to like the Russians. Yeah, it just, I don't like, I didn't, that was the part I didn't like, which is so weird to say about Marvel is I didn't like this action stuff. I thought it was below beneath them. It wasn't smart action. It was just yeah. very, it felt like a kid's cartoon, the a little amount of thought that was put into the action. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's actually fair. I thought like just little things like when Fury shoots the rocket launcher and then just puts it down and starts shooting a gun. It's just like I would just use the rocket launcher on it. I think that was a one use. I think it was only oh, one. one use. Yeah, I think, oh, it was okay. pretty small. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it's pretty small. I don't think there's more than one. But you know what that means? Everyone that dies in that helicopter is just gonna be like green parts on the ground. People are gonna know it was scrolls. But I feel like this plot, this show won't pick that up next week, and it'll no, just be like. It. They'll say, yeah, it was just like humans dying or something. I, and like I said, if they went more into the scroll side it, and showed us how like deep they had infiltrated everything, mm-hmm. then, then you could write all this stuff off as like, oh, they're just so powerful at this point. They can clean that up and no one will ever know what happened because mm-hmm. they control all the governments or something. But they haven't really gone that far. It's, it just feels like because if they also could go that far, you feel like at some point they'd just be like, Guys, we're letting the scrolls in. Uh, we already let Asgardians in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. I, I mean, that. I'll be honest with you. That is a thing that I think is a. Anytime they talk about like they don't accept refugees, yada yada yada, the fact that they don't even acknowledge New Asgard is like a, <laughs> one of the problems of having a shared universe. That like yeah. that is a. Anyone who pays attention to the MCU is like, what do you mean? There are there's a whole community of aliens in northern Norway. I do. I think you, you're wrong. They do let refugees right. in from other planets. This so. world, this world has seen so much. You, I, I, it honestly feels like at this point, letting a million aliens into the world, it wouldn't be a big deal. You like have I, a, you have a you you legitimately have a huge ass alien entity <laughs> sitting in your ocean. Yeah. Uh, also, like, and the thing is, that the detail they mentioned early on, which I think is incredible detail about the scrolls, which is not really yeah. addressed again, is that they are immune to radiation. Right? Yeah. Why on earth? Can't the governments of the world be like, okay, there's a million aliens? We'll build you a metropolis at Pripyat, Ukraine, right near Chernobyl. No one wants to live there. That's that land right. is useless otherwise. They could have got it. Any basically anywhere like obviously a million people is a lot of people, but there are any area that there is is currently nuclear radiation, it's like, hey, go ahead. Build the biggest city your heart desires, scrolls. Do whatever you want there. Like this is actually not that hard of a problem. Right. I, I understand that they obviously don't want to be right. confined to these areas. That that is why they wouldn't accept that. But once again, right. the fact that they are not, the fact that they are so resistant 
to even stepping a little bit into creating a parallel to actual real life problems. Because yeah. right. what, what I'm effectively describing is like reservations, which of course mm-hmm. is a problem in itself. And they don't want to touch any real life political problems because as I said right. last week, as the tweet pointed out that this is a political thriller with no politics, yeah. that they kind of just have to avoid anything that would be interesting about the real life implications yeah. of schools and meeting us. Like, because you know America would immediately be like, y'all can have Three Mile Island. Like... That's y'all, mm-hmm. okay? Don't, mm-hmm. don't even trust. Let's figure them in Manhattan. I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm actually. I think another another thing about this episode, um, the the Talos Gaia conversation. Mm-hmm. If I was Gaia, there was. I'm glad at least she played it that way because I would have not mm-hmm. believed anything that Talos said because it's just so unrealistic. We're gonna show them who we are, and everything's yeah. gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. After thirty That's years so or however long they've been here, that like yeah, that wouldn't fly. I do. I do like the idea. Happened. You haven't seen <laughs> one documentary about the history of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea of uh, of generational differences among the scrolls. Yeah. But once again, that's things I would like be interested to explore more than like a Did fake. They ever had I, chance I, to explore I feel so more? terrible yeah. saying this, but I, I almost yeah. think. That obviously there is a good version of the show that is about Nick Fury coming to terms with yeah. this and the other. But so many of the ideas introduced in the show that are completely dropped, you're like, if this show was not the main character of the show was not Nick Fury, they would have a lot more space to do all this. Yeah. Like, once again, I'm not saying yeah. that they don't want a Nick Fury show, but like if the show was like Talos, Gaia, and maybe some other like B-list characters trying to stop the scrolls, and they didn't have to devote time to Nick Fury re- like this because the show yeah. is not really about this, it's half about the scrolls and half about Nick Fury. And like you mm-hmm. kind of want the show to be entirely about the scrolls. Now, once again, that doesn't mean that I don't want a Nick Fury show, but it's like I actually I am not really concerned be, at all with his. There'd be a cool version of of the show where like Nick Fury is low key like an antagonist, where mm-hmm. we're seeing more of the inner workings of the scrolls and their political social dynamics, and Nick Fury is like the guy who's like, man, fuck all that. Like yeah, yes. y'all y'all not about to be just chilling on Earth. I let I let y'all be on Earth in the first place. You lied to me, and I'm I'm the, gonna shut this down. Like mm-hmm. that was, and then he could be Nick Fury. You know the the mm-hmm. like all powerful, all knowing kind of get things done guy, as opposed to like watch Nick Fury. But um, I think the other thing is just what they filled in for Fury with this marriage to me does not work. Like I, we Yo. didn't really talk about it in detail, but. Like the scene where like they're gonna shoot each other and they don't just I mean that felt so corny to me. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it was like like they do the poem back and forth, and it's yeah. a it's the problem is they are introducing a character with no history in the universe as his wife, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't feel like she has much history with Nick Fury. Like they haven't really taken yeah. the time to do like to like you know what they needed was like a five minute montage on some like this is us shit where it was yeah. a bu- them doing a bunch of stuff over time that we just never saw like oh they're on vacation together oh they i don't know they like they did this they did that she was oh we didn't know she was here for this huge major event and mm. we don't get any of that we get like one flashback of like one time she gave him information at a bar and next thing yeah. you know they're married and even when he's saying this like you're the biggest mistake I ever made. It mm. it doesn't hit with me it because I'm just like the, Nick Fury yeah. wouldn't have made this mistake, but also like I don't believe and, he, and, I I don't believe him. Yeah. And if he did make that mistake, 
there would be a lot more passion in the scenes that they're together. Like yeah. I, I, like I said, it Samuel Jackson's just not a good actor at playing romantic stuff that much, especially as he gets older. Like I just don't believe that he loves this woman that much. I, I I'm sorry, I don't. And I think yeah, it's 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 very difficult. This show has managed to do two things at the same time: be slow and not tell us a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> That is that is hard. That is very hard to do, and yet they've accomplished that. Um, yeah. It's just they've they've kept it kind of like moving I, you along. Know what it is though. It would have been nice. Also, you're, you're, you're to your point. It's also the uh, like the black acting that is happening on the screen because like the black acting is so good. I gotta, I have to give it them credit to, yeah. to have a thin script. All the like black stuff in here is, is excellent to me, but it takes the well, black acting takes longer. Like like having a it drink, yeah. with, it's deliberate. It's more deliberate. It's more physical and emotional at times. Yeah. Right. So when you having a drink with Don Cheadle, that goes from like a minute and a half scene with white people to like five minutes with black people. It's a lot of you know, a lot of staring quietly at each other and being like, oh, so. You really don't want no Uncle Nearest? And it's like, oh, I mean, I do, brother. You know me. And it's, oh, so I think that is making it longer and slower, even though I do enjoy the black acting. But even the, and it's weird because the scroll's not black, but is black. Even the black acting between the husband and wife, those scenes take forever because it's a lot of just staring and, and, and like subtext and facial, like, look. It's just like, damn, man, speed it up or take it out. If, I mean, if you're gonna do it slow, then then show me something. Give me yeah. something to to latch on to that makes me feel something. I'm asking for the show. Accuse, to God damn it, show me something. Someone need to accuse somebody of cheating or something in those like like I'm saying. It feels like something else needs to happen. It's just beyond him being like, so you're gonna get your phone, stare at you for th- 15 seconds. She stares back for 15 seconds. Then she's like, I gotta take this, and I'm like feels like i wish there was a i wish he thought roadie was having sex with his wife you know that would that would be better than being scrolls that would be good um I, perhaps rod perhaps maybe they should have had mona scott young write this <laughs> we're gonna have nick fury in a confessional <laughs> looking directly at the camera when i finally got home i realized that she was acting different <laughs> I actually watched that show. I want to yeah, write that. Yo, show. that show would be fire, right? Yeah, that show oh would be fire. my god! That's the yo. Marvel hasn't done that yet. That's what we need, dog. A fake Marvel reality TV show. Someone <laughs> write that, man. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out who, who they gonna get to be. Who they gonna be? Uh, the mockumentary style reality show. Why Jay. has no one made that, man? Oh man, you just made me. I want, mean, damn. you kind of have it built in. Honestly, if She Hulk had a season two, just yes. kind of do a little mix, mix it in. I, I think I love they could. I, it, they could I mean, there's definitely. They definitely could do an oh, episode where can, She Hulk. Yeah, well, I am. No, 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 we hear you for now. a second. I don't, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that I, I can imagine an episode of She-Hulk where she ends up having like that. There's a like low-level superhero reality show, like a Big Brother, and she yes. has to do it. Um, yeah, I love that. I'd lo- yo, that's a great idea. I'd love that. 
Uh, it would be I, perfect. Just for, just, I do, I, full confession, which I'm at confessionals, I did have to Google who Mona Scott Young is, and that's a good joke, uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now now imagine being a scroll pretending to be black. You'd have to do that all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay. So let's... Let's let's wrap with let's wrap with this. I do have a, a, a couple nerd th- uh, nerd things to ask you guys, but before before we wrap on this show, let's just ask the question. So now we got two episodes left. We've had this uh, a little bit of a slog, even though these shows have been so much fun to do with you guys. What are you looking for in episode five? What are you looking for to close things out? In this case, Jacob, we'll start with you first. Um. Frankly, a reason why Olivia Coleman is in the show is yeah. the, and both because I like her as an actress and because that she's in terms of like per minute on screen excitement, unquestionably she's been the best at it in the show. So like I would like to see some resolution of that. And I wanna see I want Gaia to have a a moment of something that's not just her looking sullen, not knowing what to do. Because it feels like they're making the mistake of making a to make a character interesting, so often th- what shows will do is just make them be not make decisions. And whereas, like, she kind of feels like she's, even though she's doing a lot of different things, it feels like she doesn't have a lot of agency. And I want to see her have agency because, once again, she's could be an interesting character, but she's been written so poorly thus far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how about you, Ron? Um, <clears throat> I think for me, man, I still, I like, I understand that Gravik is like a stoic physical villain but i want i need more of a monologue i need more like he needs to speak more this nonverbal thing is kind of killing me right now (laughs) so um i really want him to to uh, at least ascend to like a good marvel villain for me um and then uh i don't some of the stuff i just don't and maybe don't surprise you i just don't think they can fix by the end of the show like I think yeah. there's just a lack of thought about some of the stuff with the scrolls that is not going to get fixed, you know, whether it's the inner workers or their politics, whether it's um, the the fallout from these, you know, the Russian thing to, to now we're shooting people to now people know their scrolls. Like, I, it doesn't seem like this is going to have the impact that they uh, set up this series to have. The stakes feel very low for something that's supposed to be like this world consuming drama. Um, and so I think I just mostly want them to kind of just end it in a way that, um, feels like something really, truly happened in this series, like something that affects Mm -hmm. things. And I'll accept, you know, bringing Rhodey back somehow and we get to deal with that in armor wars or whatever, where we get to see like the, the PTSD of being in that, that tank. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take, uh, if they kill off Fury or something, I'll accept that as like a major moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something, but I just need something to happen because if not, this feels like an also-ran series that you could have skipped and you wouldn't have really missed anything yet. Yeah, and I think that is the... I mean, thinking about it now, when uh, Bob Iger, who was who was uh, it got in hmm. a little bit of hot water and <laughs> for some stuff <laughs> that he said earlier today... <laughs> But in terms of what he talked about with the with the Marvel content, um, the dilution of it, and I would say that this show uh, is, if you wanted to make that case, is the biggest example yeah. of something that dilute, like really dilutes the content, which we're, like to your point, Rod, 
I feel like this could have gone. I could have not seen this, and I don't think I would have missed a beat or felt any, you know, felt any different um, so far to this point. So I think the one thing that stands out to me in terms of what I what I might want to want to see is uh, uh, the roadie explanation should be an interesting one. Yeah. I think again, the Skrull Council not playing a part after Episode Two has been a, a a misfire on top of that too olivia coleman the jake point that he made as well and honestly the why should we care about this version of nick fury we have not gotten a reason to care yep. and i think that's what these shows are supposed to do they're supposed to get us to care and we are not there so yeah as of right know, I'm, now I'm the only thing yeah. i as of right now the only thing in this series that I would point to that seems to have affected that may have some effect outside of this series, you know, like in some other series, it could be brought up right now. I would only say Maria Hill died. I mean, right. I mean, even, cause Talos was yeah. mostly always pretending to be someone else. So right. it's not like he's going to be missed by like Peter Parker in the next spider. Like tell me I'm wrong. Like what has happened that we need to discuss when we see another Marvel film or another Marvel series, I, I don't see it yet. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. And I think with two episodes left, you should feel, you should, you should have, you should feel more than what we felt to this point. And I think that's, that's kind of where we are right now. So in we'll have She-Hulk, to see. By this time in She-Hulk, uh, Banner had been sent off and we were like, is there going to be like, th- those are effects on the Hulk. The Hulk as a character will come back with like a kid. There may be a World War Hulk at some point. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is an effect outside of She-Hulk. She-Hulk is and we. And by the, the way, we, I'm glad you said that. Because the biggest thing that these shows are supposed to do are supposed to put over the characters, the main characters that are in it. She-Hulk did that in spades. We knew Jennifer. We know Jennifer now. And she, when you, we bring her back, this is a fully fleshed out character. Nick Fury, I don't know shit. Yeah, I still don't know the shit. We learned new about him is the marriage, and the marriage was kind of fake anyway. So it's like we didn't learn <laughs> anything about him in that situation. Uh, and and she hope Daredevil had come. There's gonna be a Daredevil spinoff show. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, in exactly. Hawkeye, you got Echo. Like this is not giving us that. Like unless they're gonna make a graphic show, which it doesn't feel like at this point. I I feel like you could skip this, and that's not a. I've never said that about a Marvel uh, show before until now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that is all fair. And we'll see what happens next week on Secret Invasion. I do want to quickly ask you guys a couple of things before we go. Mm-hmm. Firstly, we did get some set photos this week of uh, a certain a certain uh, clawed individual, Wolverine on the Deadpool set, Deadpool 3, Wolverine in the yellow in the yellow and blue suit, Rod, as a as a as a fellow nerd, what did you think of this? I mean, I love the yellow and blue suit. Uh, Hugh Jackman's still too tall, but it's all good. I'm sure <laughs> they'll have jokes about it with the script and stuff. Like, I love Deadpool because they get to make jokes about the MCU that we make, you know. And <clears throat> now that they're officially in the MCU, I really think they could have some real fun with this like some of the meta ideas so i'm very excited i love that hugh jackman is excited to be wolverine again because after yeah. logan he sounded like fox had just really like like he just wanted to be over with like put me out of my misery thank god i at least got to make one good movie as wolverine 
um, is how he sounded in his interviews. Yeah. But his 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 Ryan Reynolds like romance yeah. and, and all this that the energy from this movie feels great. Uh, the only issue is, of course, you know, right, there's a strike happening. So I, I like we're getting set photos, and I'm like, are y'all even gonna finish filming that? You already didn't have writers, so you can't even ad lib any lines. And now you don't, you're not gonna have actors like. Why did y'all try to push? Why did you even try to squeeze this in? It was such a weird thing. So, okay. So I'm glad that I got the nerd perspective from you, Rod. And Jake, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, because this is something that we have used the, we've used the Twitter account. We've kind mm -hmm. of used this show to mm -hmm. talk about the writer's strike and, and how it's become a thing. And I think the more details that we get about what the studios have mm -hmm. been trying to implement I think it tells you how serious that this actually is. And I think people don't understand how serious this is. Yeah. So like, it's great to get set photos. It's great to see cool stuff. And it's like, yeah, Wolverine, Deadpool, all cool. TVA involved, Mobius, mm -hmm. the whole nine yards should be interesting. Fox X-Men. Great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But however, pay the writers, man. Pay them. Yeah. And now pay the actors. The, the thing about the, the fairly, thing about yeah. actors, because I think that people, whenever I tell the actors are going on strike, it's like, oh my god, they don't need this money. They have managed yada yada yada. You know how many members there are of the Screen Actors Guild? A hundred and sixty thousand. The vast, 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 vast majority of them are not full time actors. Most of them do it as a side thing and they try to make it. And then there's a lot of them that you know have to like. The thing people don't realize is if a tiny like recurring role is replaced with AI or whatever, that might mean that a SAG actor doesn't meet the qualifications for health insurance and suddenly their kid can't get an operating. And like, I know I'm being dramatic, but like, this is what we're talking about. I mean, there's, you saw the proposal. I know you retweeted it, AC, that yeah. they're, and this is something they can't even technologically do yet, but the fact they want to says everything. So like, mm -hmm. oh, what if we were just scan background actors for VFX and then just place them in at, they only need to work one day. It's like, so what you're doing is you're taking away the way that a lot of people in Hollywood make it by. And it just, it's such an anti-art way of looking at things. And I think mm -hmm. that um, we're, we've been very firm and I think it's very important for people who have any sort of voice in the fan space to to be like, well, we can wait. Because you can tell already with the way that some of these things, the press releases are worded. Yep. These companies are trying to leverage people like us to get mad at the actors. They're like, you know, the, the whole, all the headlines about like Comic Con or whatever. They want people like you and me to be like, oh, these spoiled actors won't go to Comic Con. No, 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 shut the fuck up. We are not on your side. We like these stuff because the people are in it and the people who write it. We do not. Right. We don't do the show because we have an affinity for the suits at Disney HQ who pay the money. Right. I, I don't give a shit about that. Bob Iger <laughs> calling this shit a disruption. Like that's what strikes are. They're disruptive. Yeah. They're supposed yeah. to be. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah. and they're like, well, you know, what about all the below the line people who are hurting? It's like, I agree. You know who has more money than anyone in this equation to take care of them? You do. Like, you can end the strike. Like, it's the, the AI thing is, it's obviously there's a lot of stuff with money and residuals and things like that. It's specifically, the idea that, like, in the streaming world, the amount of time something you make is viewed has nothing to do with how much we get paid. That's not how Hollywood works. Hollywood used to be that if you were on a TV show that was successful, it had reruns, and then you made more money. So you tried to be successful. If that is no longer a thing, if you're a writer and you don't get paid more because your show gets watched more, there is no, what's the point of being good? You know, like it's kind of the, it's just, <laughs> I didn't yeah, actually keep read what's mind, being like, because it's so bad. Keep in mind the numbers for streaming are mostly what they tell us the numbers are. 
Exactly. So we don't even like they could be. <laughs> there's no real transparency. Um, and then so much of it seems designed to just not pay people. It's not just that it. Yeah. We're disagreeing on how much to pay. They're starting with nothing. Like we don't want to. You should not get anything from streaming ever. You should not get anything from. Uh, like we're trying to stop your residuals. We're trying to stop. You know, we want to use your likeness. You should not even get anything for your likeness for the rest of your life. These are like these are draconian uh, yeah. positions yeah. that they're taking. And I, it, I think on on the one hand, it's making it very easy for people to sympathize with. Yeah. The writers and the actors, which is a, I mean, because the studios are taking such a hard stance. Um, and <clears throat> I love how you pointed out, like the way that we get paid is is not it's it's designed. It's almost like an NBA contract when you hear an NBA or a football contract, a quarterback contract, and you're like mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is getting three hundred million dollars, and you're like, wow. And then you look into it, and it's like, oh wait, they don't have to pay him this, and it's only if he does this, yeah. and it's only if he, oh wait, he's he's getting thirty percent of what they reported in the media. Mm-hmm. That's how it is with these, uh, with the way we get paid as like uh, writers and actors. You get like a gross check, right? Mm-hmm. What, what every week that you work on a project, right? And then any other time of the year, you don't make anything. So like if you're working for sixteen weeks, you get sixteen weeks of pay to stretch out for your entire year. Then you have to pay like your agent. Then you got to pay your management, your representation, your lawyer. Uh, they get their money before you, by the way. So then no, if you have those mm-hmm. people, they get the money first. Then you get what's left. Taxes come out of your part. And it's taxes for all of it, not taxes for what you for the part you receive. Um, taxes for what the lawyer got, you're paying his the taxes for on that too, you know? Um, and then lastly, like a lot of this stuff with like insurance and whatnot, you have to qualify for it. So if you're not mm-hmm. working enough hours or gigs or something like that. You might like people talk about how great the health insurance is. If you don't qualify for it, it's not great. You don't have health insurance. Um, right. so I think people don't talk about that. And then you have to pay your dues to the union and all that stuff. And it's not just us, it's also like states passing laws for children to, to work as children now. Like it's like there's a a million people out of our workforce because of long COVID. Like there's a lot of pressure on capitalism right now to break the working class and, and put them in like serfdom. And we're just one symbol of people that are like fighting against that. But you, the person that is not in this industry that may be listening to this podcast, I know you're feeling that pressure too when you see $6 for eggs and it wasn't like that a month ago or whatever. Yeah. Like we're all experiencing that. And I think most people just don't have the benefit of having a union to take an official organized stance. But um, I think most people would, hopefully reasonable people, you side with workers. You want that $15 minimum wage. You want people to have health insurance and stuff. I think that's, you know, hopefully if you're listening to the MC Universe University podcast, if you listen to the MC University podcast, hopefully you're living the ideals of some of these Marvel heroes who would definitely be on this side of everything except probably Rhodey. And the thing too is I think that Generally speaking, 100%. this country yeah. is incredibly anti-union. So anytime there's a strike, they usually side with businesses because, right. man, there's just this taste of food is so great for some people in this country. Yeah, but yeah. I think I personally think that one, the opinion of unions is at its highest it's ever been since like 1960, which is good. And two, I think that the studios have grossly overplayed their hand. I don't think they realize how because what a lot of people have pointed out is that they're playing the strike playbook like it's 2007 and it's not, yeah. and like. 
people know that the entertainment industry is different. Like, because I was talking to my mom on the phone, and I'm like, I try I explained to her, and it's a really obvious thing with writers in particular. It's like TV used to be that there was 22 episode seasons, and there was 10 people in every writer's room. Now we've moved to a thing where there's six episode seasons, and only two people write it. If you, mm-hmm. no, everyone who can hear that is like, oh, well, obviously the way that writers get paid should change, but the studios are saying it shouldn't, which is like right. everyone realized that this crazy position. So I think that it's important to keep clear what the objectives are. And I think that the whole thing that the per, the anonymous studio source said that went viral of saying, are we're trying to make everyone homeless is basically what they said is what they're going to, we're going to keep waiting them out until they lose their apartments. I think, and smarter people than me have said it too, that that is a scare tactic that they, I think that that shows that they realize that they're kind of fucked. That I think they thought the actors would roll over and they would just be able to fight against the writers. But the fact that the actors are on strike, like that is a big problem for them. And I think more so than anything. uh, I saw that quote and what they all, it made me think they need writers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Bob Iger on CNBC today just made a total ass of himself, if you really think about it. Like, when, just put it into perspective, let's say this strike just goes to October. Let's say it just goes to October. I'd say there's a decent chance you don't get a Marvel movie next year. Yeah. So that's box office. That's marketing. That's all of that out of the window in terms of gate and everything and profit, all of that gone for one year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you think and you think the shareholders that want all that money, the king, that they're going to let the executive who made that decision stay on? No, their ass is getting fired. So that's why right. I think they're both they're complete. It, they don't want it to go to October. Like that is complete. That's just a lie. And also, the I'm already seeing. Thing is that, I'm already seeing people pushing stuff back. Like I've already you know, like Shang Chi got pushed back. Yeah, like definitely. it's happening right now because the I, maybe the average movie fan doesn't know, but I assume people to listen to this do. Man, it take a long time to make a movie, bro. It's like it's a lot of planning and rewriting and stuff, dude. You can't just like push the brakes on this and then come back like nothing happened. Yeah, just to give you an example, Daredevil started shooting here in February, and it stopped about a month ago. And it was supposed to shoot from February to November. And think about how much time that they're missing. All that time, it adds up. So yep. we're talking, we're looking at a what was a 2024 release, probably a 2025 release, and then yep. you start to look at that in terms of of content and and um, profit and all of that stuff. Yeah. Hey, Amen. And, and the one last thing I'll leave it on. I forget who said this exactly, but it yeah. really shows how kind of lost the strategy of the studios is that yeah. they simultaneously they're they're saying in public these writers are greedy, they want so much, but then they also say if we let the strike go on, the, these writers are so poor they'll be homeless. People are not that dumb. Like people are pretty dumb, but you can't simultaneously saying these writers are greedy, and also if they if they strike for five months, they'll be homeless. Like it's one of the two, and right. I think people know that it's the same. Right. And remember, Sorry. never forget what people are asking for. When you hear what people are asking for, and then when you hear that the studios don't want to give that to them, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're showing you who they, they're showing you who they are. That's the thing about rich people. When rich people, when you don't do what they want, woo boy, you get to see the real. You get to see the real cruelty. Because and, and it came out today in full force. So, you know, again, the, this podcast has continued to say it. I I said it earlier today. I was like, 
hey man, we went through the pandemic and we were still doing this show. We're going to continue to do this show regardless of whether there's Marvel content or not. We will find ways to talk about something. So, yep. so as full support of the writers and actors, get paid, get compensated properly. Get that AI. AI shit. Yeah, yeah, get that AI shit out of here. Or, also, like, yeah, can I just say about yeah. AI real quick? Yeah, it go, is go, so it's such a boogeyman because I don't even believe they can do the stuff that they want no, to do they because they like they, they they have a hard time doing it with human beings and round the clock stuff mm-hmm. now. Like, and your computer doesn't work now. It probably made a Windows chime sound at some point. It probably needs an update somewhere. Your Xbox, sometimes you got to actually hit the button because it doesn't turn on when you you just... Nothing works the way it's supposed to work all the time. (laughs) So you need humans. This boogeyman AI stuff is just so transparent and nakedly Mm -hmm. gross because it's basically like... Their whole point is like, at least we wouldn't have to pay. We'd rather have terrible quality that doesn't... That is inconsistent, it doesn't work, than have to pay a person to make something good. It's so ridiculous. And there's no fan of the things you sell who wants that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only people who are yeah, supportive of right. AI for content are blue check mark havers on Twitter who want right. to type in Margot Robbie having sex with me while dressed as Yuffie from Final Fantasy. That's the only people <laughs> who um, That's a great way to end the show. Uh, that is a great way to... I can't, Yeah, we can't do anything better than that. Um... My guy Rod, as you <laughs> yeah. as you as you as you laugh, uh, appreciate you for 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 joining oh, man. us, man. So much uh, fun, dude! I love talking nerd stuff. Been a fun couple of weeks. Uh, tell us where we can find you. Where can we find your? Work? Yo, you can find me on the Black Out Touch podcast. It's a podcast me and my wife do um, five days a week. Normally, pop culture, comedy, a bunch of stuff. Um, I currently am writing for a podcast called Drapeto Maniacs uh unshackle history uh but with michael harriet um so if you like black history but you like comedy you should check it out because it's got like we try to do some spoonful of sugar to go with the obviously tragic histories that we are exploring in america yeah. but uh yeah hopefully people check that podcast out so uh drape maniacs and uh it is d-r-a-p-e T O M something something, but it ends with an X instead of the C S. So Drake Tell Maniacs. Awesome stuff, man. Jay Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jay Christie. You can follow me on what is that? Uh, Blue Sky at Jay Christie. <laughs> uh, and you can listen to my other podcast, Love It for Psych, where me and Andre Barrera are watching the USA Network original. So psych. Yes, sir. And fo- and follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. If you want to do the, the whole IG uh, and threads thing, poet AC nine five eight six. I did say, I did do the the spill thing, but I can't even remember my username. This is why I watch agenda, man. This is a lot of social media. <laughs> let me tell you, boy. It's a lot but to keep up with. It it really is. It really is. <laughs> but also, you can follow the show at MZ University Pod on all platforms. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. This video will be a part of that. And yes, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod, where you could get our latest bonus content, which will include the subscriber mailbag that Jake and I recorded before this podcast, which was a lot of fun. Appreciate the listeners submitting their questions. As always, we do these once a month, along with 
other wonderful things. So, yeah, just keep supporting and keep sharing. And, yes, once again, pay those writers. Pay those actors. Make sure they get compensated properly. That is very important. So, for Rod and Jake, I'm Anthony Canton the Third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we'll talk to you next time.